For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bad news with the economy. And how did we get to where we are today? Because of the Biden administration. We now know that the U.S. added just 311,000 jobs in February. Now, I say just because that number is actually not great overall. However, that number is hotter than expected. And that means that inflation is on the rise. Economists had forecast that payrolls would grow by 223,000 and the unemployment rate would hold steady at 3.4%. The problem now is unemployment rate has actually gone up to 3.6% and the Labor Department's job openings and labor turnover survey known as JOLTS show that there were 10.8 million job openings in America today and around 1.9 vacancies for every unemployed person. That's not good news because that means people are going to have to start paying much higher wages to fill those positions. When you have a two-to-one ratio there, one worker for every two jobs, that is why it is fueling inflation. This on top of the fact that the Biden administration is ready to raise your taxes Biden said, don't worry, no one making less than $400,000 a year will pay a penny more in federal taxes. Do you believe him? I don't. Listen. No one making less than $400,000 will see a penny in federal taxes go up. Not a single penny. Now, why did I do it $400,000? Because I doubt anybody here makes $400,000. I did it to make the case that I'm not going after anything remotely, and even ordinary folks, because they're paying their share. Because they're paying their share. All right, so if you make $400,000 or more a year, how much do you pay in taxes? A lot. There's a good chance you're paying close to $100,000, if not more, depending on how you have your businesses and how you pay your taxes and how you invest your funds. In other words, you're going to be paying probably more than $100,000 a year, and now he wants more of your money. If you make $400,000 a year more, there's a very good chance that you also employ quite a few people. That means you're helping the economy. You're a small business owner. You're taking risks. You're investing in things. And of the Biden team, you are now apparently public enemy number one. Now, the White House also at the same time has come out with their budget. Yeah, their budget. I want you to take a listen to what is in this budget. And before I get to that, I also want you to know what they believe in with this White House. It's not about actually what's helping you as the American people. 
It's actually about pushing agenda items like climate change and transgenderism uh, and intersex. Yes, these are all words used in Biden's new budget. Take a listen to this from Senator Ted Cruz. The agenda, this is Bernie Sanders' budget. This is AOC. This is Elizabeth Warren. And, and, and let me show you just some amazing stats um, just on a quick review uh, of, of the budget. All right, here's how many times the following words appear in the budget. Equity, 63 times. Climate, 148 times. Environmental justice, 25 times. Transgender, 8 times. Intersex, which I have no idea what that is, 7 times. Senator, now you, let's went, you went to, to Harvard, things Senator. Like if the you don't know, none of us know either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, That's more a Yale thing. <laughs> so but let me give you the other side of that, John. I, I, I hope we don't have yell people. Think. Go ahead, real quick. We got to break. <laughs> so things the American people care about: inflation, only ten times; fentanyl, twice; border security, eight times; police, four times; law enforcement, nine times; crime, twenty-four times; and gas prices, three times. They tell you who they are. Senator Cruz there on Hannity with a live studio audience. I love the energy there. If you haven't watched uh, Hannity with a live audience, it's really cool. But what Senator Cruz was talking about there is the fact that this budget is not actually a budget. This is a uh, propaganda budget about equity, climate change, transgenderism. This isn't a budget. Equity used 63 times. Climate, uh, uh, 148 times. Environmental justice, 25 times. Transgender, eight times in a budget. Intersex, as he put it, I have no idea what that means, seven times. Now, it's compared to things like the American people. What does this tell you? They don't care about a budget. They care about changing fundamentally this country. That's one of the biggest issues here. When you have a budget and you only mention inflation 10 times, fentanyl twice, border security eight times, and gas prices three times, but you have these other words, 148 times the word climate and equity 63 times, you know this administration is pushing an agenda, a woke agenda that they want you to pay for. And they want you to pay a lot of money for it. Billions and billions of dollars. Now, we looked up intersex to just so you understand what it means, because this is apparently important in our United States budget. Intersex is a general term, and this is in our budget, used for a variety of situations in which a person is born with reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't fit the boxes of female or male. Sometimes doctors do surgeries on intersex babies and children to make their bodies fit the binary ideas of, quote, male or female. So that is in our budget. Now, does that have anything to do with our budget? Of course, it doesn't have anything to do with our budget. Of course, this has nothing to do with our budget. But it's in there. And if you want to know why we've gone to hell in a handbasket in this country with this budget, this is exactly why. This is exactly why... Our country has gone to hell in a handbasket under the Biden administration because they're not running the country the way that you would run a country. They're not running the country in a fiscally responsible manner. They're running our country using the budget to push an extreme woke ideology. That is the truth. And you just have to read the budget to understand it. This is a woke Bernie Sanders budget. 
There was also something else that Senator Cruz said, uh, and, and, and he went into much more detail on this on Verdict with Ted Cruz, uh, our podcast that I co-host with him. But I want you to hear this. And again, this is with the studio audience on Handy last night saying the sad truth is we have a White House that isn't being run by the Democratic Party. We have a White House that's being run by socialists. Senator, I gave the numbers. We see the economy. We see two thirds of the American people now can't make ends meet. You see people cashing in their retirement plans to make ends meet. People for bare necessities are using credit cards. It's never been this bad in my lifetime, at least. Sean, the sad truth is the, the sad truth is the socialists are in charge of the White House. Joe Biden certainly isn't. But the people he surrounded him with, they have a very simple approach to everything. They want to spend money they don't want have. They want to raise taxes on you. They've unleashed record inflation. This budget that Biden put out would create a $50 trillion national debt. And their view is they can just keep printing money and unleashing inflation and borrowing money from China. And it is wildly irresponsible. You know what's not in this budget? Funds to secure our southern border. They, they want to fund 87,000 new IRS agents, but they don't have funds for, for significant numbers of new Border Patrol agents. They don't have funds for significant number of new DEA agents to stop the fentanyl crisis, the over 100,000 overdoses that happened last year on Biden's watch. This is a tax and spend budget. And amazingly, some of the taxes, they've got $5.5 trillion in new taxes in this budget. That includes taxes directly on energy. So remember all the Democrats who said, gosh, we want your gas prices low? They were lying. Yeah. Joe Biden's budget is saying he wants gas, gas prices much, much higher, and he's going to put taxes on them, or he wants to, in order to drive the prices up. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Senator Cruz, and the point that he is pointing out here as being a member of, of, of the Senate, and he's going to have to vote on this budget, is this is a massive in expansion of government, trillions of dollars in new taxation, and Democrats are now going back to what they wanted to do all along. They are going to go after oil and gas. We know that oil and gas prices skyrocketing destroyed the economy. Democrats don't have a problem with that because they want to force you into alternative and green energy. They want to force you into a hybrid. They want to force you to change the way that you live your life. So they don't have a problem with this. They are completely fine with it. And and the proof of it is not that they're just fine with it. They're going to do it. They're advocating for it. They're, they're moving forward. They've written a bill for this. How many Democrats have come out saying it's absurd to raise taxes trillions of dollars right now in this country while we're already in a recession? And we're in a recession. I don't, I, I, it doesn't matter how the media tries to spend this or this idea that we're in a possible recession or moving possibly towards a recession. All that is crap. We are in a recession. Okay? We're in it. It's clear. You can feel it. You can watch it. You can see it. The prices at the grocery store. You can see it with the prices of interest rate. You can see it with the housing market. You can see it with the employment market. We have two openings for every one possible employee in this country right now. 
wages are increasing and that is pushing up inflation. The cost of goods and services are going through the roof. Why do you think so many people have not, are not buying a house right now? Because of not just interest rates, but the pricing. And talk about new goods and services through the roof. Labors through the roof. That's why the U.S. economy is, again, on fire in, a, in, in two different ways. One, with inflation and on fire as it's hurting all of us. Now, there are also people that are worried about other things that are happening. A Silicon Valley bank, for example, shares have been halted on Wall Street after a plunge deepens. The bank SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. This is the same thing that happened with Bear Stearns and the economy back in the, in, in the Bush era, 2006, 7, 8. Trading and shares of the holding company of Silicon Valley Bank were halted for pending news on Friday after pre-market price indicators plunged by 63%. SVB Financial Group said on Wednesday that it was issuing $2.25 billion of shares to bolster its capital position after a significant loss in its investment portfolio. Prominent venture capitalists, reportedly including Peter Thiel, have reportedly told portfolio companies to withdraw funds from the bank. CNBC is now reporting that the attempted capital raise has, quote, failed. Instead, the bank is now looking to sell itself, according to CNBC. The bank said on Wednesday that it would, that it would book a $1.8 billion after-tax loss on sales of investments, sparking panic that has led some depositors to withdraw their funds from the bank. Rising rates hurt the value of bond portfolios held by this bank. What's more, customers are lured out of bank deposits seeking higher yields and safe assets such as short-term treasuries. Perishing Square CEO Bill Ackman compared the collapse of this bank, Silicon Valley Bank, SVP, to Bear Stearns in a tweet on Friday indicating that the government may need to help may need to step in to make sure depositors were safe in order to stem a broader bank run. It's happening, folks. The economy right now, this is where we are. And they can lie to you and tell you that things are fine, and the president can walk out there and tell you we need to raise taxes. But this is the economy. Why the hell would you raise taxes right now? Don't worry, though. Joe Biden says, hey, we're only going to screw the people that are actually employing people. Those making over $400,000 a year are just going to pay for the trillions in new spending. No one making less than $400,000 will see a penny in federal taxes go up. Not a single penny. Now, why did I do it $400,000? Because I doubt anybody here makes $400,000. I did it to make the case that I'm not going after anything remotely, any even ordinary folks, because they're paying their share. Because they're paying their fair share. Yeah. This goes back to the Democratic pay playbook. We see this every single time. What do they say? You're not paying your fair share. Right? You go to war with people and you turn the good guys into the bad guys. You turn the employers into the evil ones. You turn the rich people into the evil ones. You tell the country that they're public enemy number one, that they're the ones that are screwing you, even though they're the ones that are paying the mass majority of taxes. I tell you what, when I was younger, growing up, I love this country a lot more than I do love the government right now. I loved our government a lot more than I like the government right now. 
But when you start writing a check, when you have good years and you take big risks and you work your tail off for six figures in taxes, and I've had to do that, and you realize what you don't get in return for six figures of work. When you realize that I work January, February, March to pay my taxes, and then I get to start earning money, that's how long I work for the United States government. Every year, no matter what. It'll really make you angry. And it should make you angry, by the way. It is infuriating. It is infuriating that that's where we are in this country, and now they want more from me. When I take risks, when I start businesses, when I work as hard as I can to provide for my family, when I take huge losses through COVID and businesses and small businesses, when I have income that drops 50, 60, 70% a year because of the economy, because of advertising, for example, they're not going to be there to help me. They're just going to take every damn dime they can get their hands on. And it's not just because I'm conservative. It's because I am fighting hard and working hard. Self-made small business owners, they don't punch a clock. They do whatever it takes for as many hours as it takes to get it done. And the federal government now is putting their foot on all of our necks to the tune of trillions in new spending. And this is the Democratic Socialist Party. They're not Democrats, they're socialists. You look at this budget, it's not a budget. It's a socialist manifesto that now actually has funding connected to it. This isn't just some random idea. Okay, this is an actual manifesto. This is a manifesto that says now we would like to move on to the funding stage. And if you have money, we're going to take it from you. And we're going to give it to the government, who's then going to devy it out to people that we like, that people that, that, that we think are good people, that we think will vote for us. There isn't an economist in the country right now that would believe and advocate for the idea that now is the right time to raise taxes okay and there's not a single person right now that would say this is the time to do it janet yellen by the way saying biden's policies have made a meaningful difference for american families i want to know why the treasury secretary is making political statements like this about the president's 2024 budget listen to your treasury secretary now we're tasked is to navigate our economy's transition from rapid recovery to sustainable growth. Our administration's top economic priority remains bringing down inflation. We've seen some moderation in headline inflation, but more work needs to be done. Our administration will continue to build on the actions we've taken to expand supply and provide cost relief in areas like energy and health care. These actions have made a meaningful difference for American families. So we now have a Treasury Secretary that's pushing this socialist propaganda. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, he did an interview earlier today talking about Joe Biden's budget, and he put it into perspective a little bit different way. He said what Joe Biden's trying to do is create the biggest government we've ever seen in the history of the world. We disagree and then fight it out in the Congress. I'm ready to meet with the Speaker anytime tomorrow if he has his budget. Just heard the president saying he's ready for you. Are you ready for him? I've been ready to meet with him since the day he got in, but he's been avoiding. You know, he's been more than a month late with producing this budget. He's known it for more than two years. And anybody who's took Economy 101 would know this is the wrong approach. We've got an economy worried about whether we're going to go downward, and he wants to take taxes. That's all he ever wants to do, to create the biggest government we've ever had. And then what does he do about the deficit? He just adds to it. And we've just had the Congressional Budget Office come out and tell Tell us, why do we have inflation? All that spending Democrats did while they were in power. And now he wants to spend more, so now we have to pay the piper. We're going to pay more than $10.5 trillion in the next 10 years just on interest. But for the American public to know, since 1940 to today, we've only paid $9 trillion in interest. So he's going to do what, what took us 80-some years to happen in less than 10 years. And for the first time in a 10-year window by the Congressional Budget Office, all three trust funds go and solve it. The, the Highway Trust Fund, Medicare, and Social Security. And he has no answer. And why is it going insolvent? Because they raided it when they did Obamacare. They raided it when they passed their last big all-Democrat bill, their American Rescue. They continue to, to have the worst uh, policies for this country. It's to take more and make government bigger. Take more and make government bigger trying to make the biggest government we've ever seen in the history of this country. And Joe Biden just says, hey, we're in a bad economy. Let's raise taxes. Janet Yellen, policies have made a meaningful difference in American families. Yeah, they have less money now than they've ever had before. And the president just walked out trying to spin all of this news at the White House, saying a moment ago, the February jobs report shows that my economic plan, his words, is working. Look, uh... I think we've got a good jobs report. I'm happy to report that our economy has created over 300,000 new jobs last month. And that's on top of a half a million jobs we added the month before. All told, we've created more than 12,000, 12,000 jobs since I took office, nearly 8,000 of the manufacturing jobs. That means overall, we've created more jobs in two years than any administration has created in the first four years. And, uh, I think all this matters. By the way, do any of you believe any of this? When he says, you know, we've created more jobs than anybody else in the first two years. You didn't create those jobs, Mr. President. What you did do is you shut down the country and did everything you could to keep it shut down. And then you came back, you're like, all right. Now that we've shut everything down, we're going to open it back up. And then hiring went through the roof. 
that's not you creating a job. That's people just going back to the jobs that you help shut down. When you shut down the economy and then finally people got to go back to work, that's not creating a job. Okay? I, 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 you can't take credit for that. That's not creating anything. At all. But he wants you to believe that somehow he's creating jobs literally out of thin air. It means our our economic plan is working. And uh, when I took office, the recovery and the economy was there was no recovery and the economy was reeling. And the 18 million people were unemployed on unemployment insurance compared to less than 2 million today. Unemployment was 6.3 percent. And nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office predicted it wouldn't get below 4% until 2026. Because of our economic plan, unemployment has been below 4% for 14 straight months since January 2022. Last month, the unemployment rate remained near the lowest level in 50 years. 50 years. And that's really good news. People who are staying out of the job market, this is particularly good news, are now getting back into the job market. They're coming off the sidelines. They're getting back into the job market. The share of working age folks who are in the labor force is higher than it's been any time since 2008. That was one of the big predictors everybody was looking at. So Joe Biden wants you to believe the economy is great. You should pat him on the back. That inflation isn't real. That the expansion of government and higher taxes is all a good thing and part of his plan. The White House also claiming this morning that his fiscal policies are somehow responsible, even though we're borrowing record number of dollars and trillion dollar deficits. When we talk about deficit, uh, deficit reduction, when we talk about having being fiscally responsible, this is something that the president has talked about since the campaign. And you hear me just as I did moments ago, talk about the one point seven trillion dollars deficit that he did the first two years. Yeah. They're now telling you he's actually cutting your deficit, that things are better because of him, not worse. And the White House press corps not pushing back on this. They're just reporting this. You go out and talk to any American right now, and they will tell you that they are hurting. We know from the data that there are more Americans now than in any other time in my lifetime living literally paycheck to paycheck, taking money out of their retirement accounts, out of their 401ks just to try to make ends meet. Yes, we know, that, and, I, and I'm honest about this, some wages have gone up, but the amount of money that you're making now is instantly disappearing because the cost of goods and services have skyrocketed. You can't say that the economy's in great shape when the American people are struggling just to put food on the table. I was talking to a banker the other day, and they were talking about the massive increase in overdrafts on debit cards. This started late last year, and they say is, is continuing to get worse and worse and worse. Why is that happening? How is it getting, and why is it getting worse and worse? Because Americans are running out of money each month before they get their next paycheck. Would increasing taxes fix that problem or make it even worse? It would make it worse. 
talk to any economist, they would say now is not the right time to raise taxes. This would be a colossal failure to raise taxes right now at this moment in time. They don't care. So when they tell you that things are good, go look at your bank account. When they tell you things are good, go look at the cost of a gallon of milk. Go look at the record-setting prices for basic necessities like eggs. Have you looked at egg prices lately? Have you looked at bread? Hell, have you looked at butter? Have you looked at, not just butter, have you looked at the price of chicken? I bought chicken breasts the other day. To cook at home, right? Save a little money. $14 for my family for chicken. I've never paid that in my life. It was over $4 a pound for chicken breasts. And, and, and I wasn't buying like the organic, we gave the kids, you know, the chickens hugs every morning chicken breasts either. This was just straight up chicken breasts. I've never paid what I'm paying right now for a gallon of milk. I've never paid what I'm paying right now for, for butter. I've never paid what I'm paying right now for beef. Are those prices coming down? No. And the American people are feeling this. And they want to raise your taxes. Because ultimately what they need is a very weak economy. So that you're dependent on the government for your survival. That's how Democrats get power. Make sure you share a podcast, please, with your family and friends. Please write us a five-star review uh, on wherever you're listening to this podcast. So more people will find our podcast. It helps tremendously on the charts. And we will see you back here tomorrow. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.